When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On September 8th, 2015, the first episode of Set Listing Bruce was released. To celebrate our anniversary month, I plan to put out a new episode every day this month. If you're not part of our Patreon group, please think about supporting the podcast by making a small monthly donation. Everyone who joins gets a personal thank you card from me and a Set Listing Bruce sticker. During this month, I'd love to get some new reviews on iTunes and other podcast players. If you haven't rated the podcast before, please go to wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating, hopefully five star, and let people know why you love the podcast. Hope you enjoy this month of episodes. And now on to the show. And I'm deeply rooted in the South. And so that's very blues and country driven, classic rock driven. My dad was really big into classic rock. So I grew up with ZZ Top and Zeppelin, of course, Fleetwood Mac, all the great classic rock stuff. My mom really liked pop music. And so when I was younger, my biggest vocal influence, I always wanted to be a singer, but my biggest vocal influences were like Whitney Houston and Gloria Estefan. Because you didn't see a lot, you didn't hear a whole lot of female rock musicians in classic rock it it wasn't huge there's definitely some notable ones like grace slick and whatnot but but i was really into like more of the pop very dominant style female singing and so that was my influence that way and then i wanted to play guitar and, and piano and stuff but i never broke through the theory part never understood it really so i tried for a long time but i was always into heavier music hard rock I'm wearing a Alice Cooper Rob Zombie shirt right now. That kind of stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up. And we are talking music. We are talking bass players. We are talking dead groove. And 
my second, I'm trying to get a whole collection of Zeparella band members. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome, Holly, to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, tell us a little about yourself. By the way, guests, I do need to share, this is a first for us. Holly is in a car, not driving. <laughs> So I have not had a mobile guest yet, and I am thrilled. I feel important, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We were in New York City, so I just, yeah, this is just how it is today, but sorry. Yeah, I'm Holly West. I play in Dead Group Band and also Zepharella. I'm singing and playing bass in Dead Group and playing bass in Zepharella. I'm guessing you had Clementine, our drummer. On. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, she's lovely, isn't she? She um, is amazing. I had so much fun talking to her. Yeah. Well, I'm actually with my band, with also Jeff Young on guitar. We went down to, to look at the cutting room today, which is where we're playing on Sunday. And so we're in New York and just having fun. But we are originally from California. And so we live out in Long Beach and we started this band. Did groove out there with two Peruvians. We had two Peruvians in the band. The drummer who lives here in America, the guitar player, he lives in Peru, and he couldn't be here for this tour, so we have Jeff Young from Megadeth and Kings of Thrash with us for this tour. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Holly. Sure. After I had your fellow band member, Clementina, mm -hmm. I had Amy Brooks, who mm -hmm. is a drummer and for Low Tide Levy and Led Zeppelin is her main influence. So why am I running into a spell of, <laughs> of, of female fans of Led Zeppelin on my podcast? I don't know, but it's, that's pretty cool. I think it's very <laughs> cool. It was very fat because I was talking, Amy had gotten her master's in marine biology and decided yeah. that she wanted to do music. And when I told her about having Clementine on it she's like, really and she knew immediately knew who y'all were and was yeah. like I can't believe it I can't believe they're amazing so oh, great, great. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah 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 uh, ever since I've been in the band it was about five years now I'm the baby of the band and they've told me a lot of the different cycles they've gone through with members and fans and stuff and they said since I joined the band I'm not saying that this because of me but I'm glad that it's happening there's been a lot more females at the shows in fact we're like you look out in the crowd, there's 50% females out there almost. And it used to not be that way. So females are definitely getting, showing their their light, their interest in rock and roll music a lot more than I guess they were before, which is great. Yeah, one of the things that at the end of 2020, I had decided, I had started looking and I realized that if I wasn't careful, that my podcast guests would all be old white guys who love Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> And not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm an old white guy. I love Bruce Springsteen, but I wanted some diversity. I wanted, so I've been able to find younger fans that are Bruce fans. I've, I, I love it. I had an episode where I had three under 21, all female fans that adored Bruce. So I love this diversity. So I'm really glad you could join me and we could talk a little music. I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? I grew up in Allen, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. I am in Flower Mound, Louisville. Are you? Yes, Are you I sure? am. 
I, I was a hairdresser in Dallas for about 20 years. And my first management position was the flower mound. I can't remember what it's called. It was some chain right by Kroger or something on Main Street. And I worked okay. there for a, a year or so as a manager at the Style America is what it was okay. called. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with Flower Mound. And Mother and Daughter's Diner right there and everything. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up there and moved to, back and forth between Oklahoma and there. And so I've, I'm deeply rooted in the South. And so that's very blues and country driven, classic rock driven. My dad was really big into classic rock, so I grew up with ZZ Top and Zeppelin, of course, Fleetwood Mac, all the great classic rock stuff. My mom really liked pop music, and so when I was younger, my biggest vocal influence, I always wanted to be a singer, but my biggest vocal influences were like Whitney Houston and Gloria Estefan, because sure. you didn't see a lot, you didn't hear a whole lot of female rock musicians in classic rock. It, it wasn't huge there's definitely some notable ones like grace slick and whatnot but but i was really into like more of the pop very dominant style female singing and so that was my influence that way and then i wanted to play guitar and, and piano and stuff but i never broke through the theory part never understood it really so i tried for a long time but i was always into heavier music hard rock I'm wearing a Alice Cooper Rob Zombie sh shirt right now. So that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But Growing up there, did you did you ever run across Blue Brave Combo, the rock and roll polka band from Denton? No, no. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. But yeah. my old guitar teacher is Eric Keys, and he had a, a band called Riddle Me This. Okay. And they were pretty big in that in the scene in Denton. And they were actually getting sued by Warner Brothers because they use Riddle Me This. Sure. And they went a big lawsuit and stuff. But okay. But yeah. <laughs> did so. you, when did you move away from Allen, the DFW area? I was in Allen until I was like about 12. And I went down out to Ponder, Texas for a couple okay. of years. And that was hell. That was awful. In the middle of nowhere, and nobody likes newcomers at all. Yes. <laughs> so we had two years of that. We got out of there and went up to Oklahoma, and that's where I went to high school. And then I just stopped playing guitar, and I stopped really being into music, which is such a shame. But eventually, I, I found my way back to it. Why do you think you left it? I'll tell you the real reason, and it's really ridiculous, but when I was 16, I got fake nails put on, and I couldn't play guitar. So I, and I, I guess it was the, I just liked the nails more than the guitar. It was so stupid. I, I, I didn't really have the right teacher to break me through to understand yeah. what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just never got it. And then just, it just left for a little while, but I always, I was, I was always writing though. I've been writing since I was nine. I've been writing poetry and songs since I was nine years old. So that, that never left. It was the musicianship, I guess, that kind of left and came back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So what about that creativity? Why do you think you like writing and telling stories? I think it's just a gift. I think everybody has their own little gift, something that sure. they can do. And artistically speaking, that's just my, uh, I'm able, I, I, that's my gift. I've always been able to just sit down and write something. And you can tell in the lyrics for Dead Groove, they're very, it's a lot of creative writing. You write about the Egyptian Book of the Dead, about karma in a way of playing cards. It's very telling stories. I, I, I enjoy it. I also just, I enjoy the, I enjoy reading a lot. And so that's, that I think helps me to write as well. Were, were you raised in a family of readers? My mom would read Stephen King books like There Was No Tomorrow. Um, now, I don't have any fiction books. I don't like fiction at all. I don't okay. like to sit down and waste my time with a big story or anything. I like nonfiction. I like finding out how to do things. I have tons and tons of reference books. And just if I have a question, I want to be able to go to a book and look at it. Not Nowadays, you can Google everything or you can ask Siri, sure. Siri or whatever. But a lot of times Siri doesn't know the answer. She tells you to go to some web page. And then you have to, I enjoy the searching for the answer. Do, and that ties into your storytelling, right? You Absolutely. like telling that how things happen and what they're doing. Yeah. What brought you back to music, Holly? Actually, I was in the Dallas scene. I had moved down there when I was uh, younger. Then I went and worked on cruise ships and came back. So I was like traveling, doing all this stuff. And I was really just young and very ambitious. And I got into hosting big music festivals. And I hosted like the Deep LMRs festivals every year and these big foundation festivals. And so I was in the music scene that way as a host, an MC, And that was really fun. And then one day my friend, was a hairdresser and I was doing all the 
rock and rollers in Dallas, you know, doing their hair. And uh, one of my friends came into the salon and I had been working with garage bands, working on arrangements and stuff with loops. And, and I showed him to my friend and he just found something in it and asked me if I wanted to start playing bass for him. And I was like, okay, I don't really know how to play bass. And he just said he would help me. And, and so six weeks later, I was on main stage at House of Blues in Dallas <laughs> playing my first show. Yeah, it was a what, whirlwind. What was that first band? It was called Love Stricken Demise or LSD. We had Nikki McKibben from American Idol was the singer. And then Billy Blair, who's a kind of gore film actor. He was, he's the guitar player. And my friend, we've been friends for a really long time. Uh, he's an actor doing all these big movies and stuff. So he's also known as that in Dallas. So the band itself was, people knew about the band before we even had our first show or before I was even in the band, it was getting around that he was starting a new band. So had a lot of talk around it. And we actually signed with Down Boys Records, which is Warren's label. And then things happened with Nikki, unfortunately, and it's just a lot of drugs and a lot of just really bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, um, Dallas certainly is not as strong as Austin or Nashville or something, but Dallas has a pretty healthy independent music scene that, that there is a lot of great places to hear live music in Dallas. A yeah. lot of independent artists and and not just red dirt country, right? There is a no, wide no. diversity of music have, that's played. Yeah, you have so many people like, like Stevie Ray Vaughan came from there. You have Lance Lopez, you have Eric Gales. Those are just three of the top three guitar players in the world. Just amazing. And then you have the Toadies. You have some really big bands that came out of there. El Nino, I think, came out of there. Yeah. What was some some other like metal bands and stuff of course hell yeah and pantera of course yeah but uh, so there's definitely some jewels in there and deep ellum used to be the mecca for music i think before even austin was really as big as it is now for music yeah it's had a lot of breathing like it's, i feel like it's a lung it's like it breathes in a lot of uh a lot of music and then it breathes out and it's desolate and then it comes back again like great and then it goes away <laughs> yeah back in 89 my wife and I discovered Sarah Hickman, who now lives in Austin, mm -hmm. independent singer-songwriter. And I can't believe we did this, but we were we would get home from our gay jobs. We would take a nap and set mm -hmm. the alarm for nine o'clock and would drive. We we lived off Greenville Avenue and in, in Walnut uh, Hill. And we would yeah. drive to Deep Ellum for her 10 o'clock gig, stay till midnight then go home and go to work the next day. But we took yeah. a little nap and it was just, Deep Ellum was amazing. It Where just, did you play? Yeah. Club Dada. Oh yeah. Yeah, like every yeah every Monday night at Club Dada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I used to play in, in, in cover bands and stuff and we would play all those places. Uh, Reno's, I've been going to Reno's forever playing there yeah. and trees and yeah. yeah, it's a good little nuggets in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Did it... Did the bass feel like something that was calling you when you said that, when he says, hey, we can get you? I know you still play the bass. Did you feel like that was your instrument, Holly? I didn't feel like it was my instrument until I understood it a little bit more. I'd never played mm -hmm. the bass before. I'd pick one up. He actually had seen me pick up a bass twice. It was only two times I really even touched a bass. 
Yeah. It was weird though, because we were just at parties and he was there and he was like, oh, yeah, bass. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I don't know. I think his idea of me playing, being a bass player is just like, I, I was definitely going to take the opportunity to do it. And then eventually I really began to love it. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I could feel this rhythm whenever I was listening to a song. And it's obviously the bass. And um, I didn't know what it was because you can't really hear the bass on a lot of things, you know, especially like back in the day or even now. Sometimes you can listen to something on the radio and you just don't even hear what's actually going on in the song. You just hear the highs, right? I've had a couple of bass players on the podcast and they'll talk about in a lot of ways, if you're doing your job correct, say Gary Talent with the E Street mm-hmm. Band or other, that it's almost seamless because it's just there. It's just yeah. the drum and the bass together are just giving this rhythm that is, you don't realize it's like a foundation. You don't see it, but you feel it. What's yeah. there. Yeah. And I, I didn't know, I played in a lot of bands, a lot of yeah. bands too. And I didn't play in cover bands note for note like I do Zeparella. But when I got in Zeparella about five years ago and started playing John Paul Jones's parts and realizing how much his rhythm moves the song and it's a different rhythm. Oh. They're all do- a lot of different, and it's like a lot of counterpoint. They're all doing these really cool things yeah. to make them. Is this what these songs are so classic and so beautiful? And now I've been inspired in writing my own stuff but but it's nice to be able to figure out how to move the songs the way that you want them to or that you want to holly what you talked about doing these cover bands and everything what finally it was there a moment when you said i want to do it myself i want to get my own my own group us together and we make our own music was there any specific road to damascus moment where you're like yes this is what i want yeah. So in my first band, I didn't really have a lot of the writing down because I was just trying to le- learning how to play the bass, really. In the second band that I had, which was Honey in Dallas, I finally started writing more and writing some bass lines and stuff and helping the, the singer write a little bit of just certain little things, not full. Um, yeah. And then I got into the upper circuit, but then I wanted to move to California eventually. And this was in 2017. So I said, okay, I'm, I need to have something before I move out there so that I have at least something to show people. So that's when I wrote Mokita, a uh, record that I released into 2017. And I hired uh, Gary Hoey to play guitar, uh, Brady Blade to play drums. I had Chris Bell uh, engineer it and Gavin Larson master it. So it was a very small team of people who I knew would just knock it out of the park. And it turned out to be a good a really good starting point for me to be my own brand. And I, I encourage anybody to do that. Do something that's your own, even if it's a little EP. It's five, I have five songs on that. It's still considered a full length because of the time that it is, but it's only five songs. One of them's a cover. It took about nine months to do, and I, I put a lot of money into it, but it's helped me a lot. Do Did you go... I love your idea that you're mentioning finding your own voice and doing these own things. Do you feel like often opportunity meets where the road has taken you? Do you feel like everything you've done beforehand led you to that moment where you were able to do this? 
Yeah, definitely. Because I made the connections that I, I needed to make. Yeah. And I had the money at the time. Sure. <laughs> if you want to do that with key players, it's not cheap. No, it isn't, I uh, imagine. But it's worth it. And so I've been playing in Zabrella for five years. And, and now with Dead Groove, it's the same thing. We wanted to write our own stuff and get a new record out there and get new, new music out there. And that's it's just important to, to as an artist, to, to show people what your art is if you really want, if that's what you're doing for making a living that way. If you aren't really making a living, you're just trying to fulfill the need to be an artist. Sure. Do you feel like in a lot of ways you've got the best of both worlds that you're doing your independent work with this new band and and then also getting to work with a great group of musicians and doing the cover work? Yeah, it's definitely great. I I don't think that I'm not the type of person to think that tribute bands or cover bands are overrated. I think we all need music. I think yeah. that. 99% of musicians out there are doing somebody else's music anyway. So we're all yes. covered. This. So, uh, yeah. I don't have a hand about it. And I just, I'm enjoying playing music for a living. That's cool. I'm getting yeah. paid something really cool and, and fun. And now kicking off this new tour, that's why we're in New York right now. We're a baby band. We're green. We're just trying to get out there. And so we've been making connections. We've been booking this tour. We're about to start it. And it's it's overwhelming in, in some ways, but it's very fulfilling. You know, what What I thought was Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller talked about yeah. that he said the mascot that's working the baseball game and him and Teller or... Guns and Roses are all in the same business. They're inner, yeah. they're all in show business, right? Yeah. They just have various stages. So yeah. I think well, you're right. Guns and Roses have been playing the same songs for a really long time. Yeah. They are entertainers at this point. Some of them are writing music, but not all of them are. Sure. I see your the band's planning to be at Trees in November. Yeah. Does it feel like yeah. you're coming yeah. home? Yes. I will. Yes. Uh, yeah, I will have awesome. to do that. Yeah, that, that's know, great. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll connect uh, on that. Yeah. Barlow, been a long time friend of mine. So we're going to, he's, we're putting on a show there and it's, we, since we posted it, everybody's been commenting, oh, Holly's coming home. So I'm very yeah. excited about it, especially bringing my own band, my own, my own band. That's actually where I did my first show for the Holly West stuff, for the Mokita stuff. Open for King's X, which is one of my favorite bands. And we played it. Oh, it was a kick-ass show. It was so great. And hoping that this one will be also pretty big and excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Let's talk about the origins of the Dead Groove. What? Tell me about how you guys all came together and what you guys were shooting for. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Fred and I, we live together and we've basically been jamming together since right at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> and so we started doing some writing, but didn't really, didn't have a guitar player or anything. And since it's the middle of the pandemic, it's, we're all at home. So we, he was talking to his friend, Caesar, who's the guitar player. Caesar was in, in Peru, also not doing anything. He is a, a vocal coach for The Voice Peru and a bunch of other really big music television thing series down there. And he was in this funk of not knowing what to do. They had a band together before called Mouser. 
and he still wanted to write, but he just wasn't sure what was what to do. And so we wanted to start some rock and like rock and roll. We didn't. We wanted to be stoner rock. We wanted to be hard rock, and he was really into it. So I had a, the song Maverick, which is the first song that I wrote when I moved uh, to California from Dallas, and it was like a parting ways with everything I've known and going to a brand new state that I've never been never really been to a lot so we we passed the song on to him it was actually like an acoustic blues song and told him what we were going for like that stoner rock clutch rival sons um deep purple kind of thing and so he came back with the the music and then we did a demo of that and then he had him and Fred started working on uh, another song which ended up becoming the book of the dead and we recorded those, or we demoed those, and then Fred and I went to Peru, to Lima, Peru, to, to have kind of a vacation. It was around Christmas time, but we also ended up recording these two songs. After we recorded the songs, we came back, and we released them, and then we started doing shooting music videos for them. By the time we got done with the second music video, we realized like we had something that we really liked, we were really proud of. And we got picked up by record label who also ended up paying our way back to Peru to record the rest of the record. And so we've just been taking it from there and pushing the, as much PR on the record as we can. And now we're starting the, the tour. So everything's going according to plan. <laughs> where all are you? Uh, where Where's all the tour taking you? All over the U.S. And then we're going to be doing a show in Peru December 2nd, I think the week after the Dallas show. We're in New Jersey on Saturday, this Saturday, in New York on Sunday. So this is uh, September. So we're starting on the East Coast. Then we're going to be going, we're playing the New Mexico Guitar Festival, October, November. But we're also doing like some Utah dates in September, Arizona. We're going to be obviously in California, doing Texas. We should be announcing an El Paso show pretty soon too. And then... That's where we are right now as far as the rest of the year. And then we'll go down to Peru, to Lima, play a big show down there. And then, yeah, hopefully booking a couple more here and there. Yeah. What What? What do you want to do next? Creatively, you guys got this tour. What, what's the next step for you and the band? We'll write a, a new record and, and push it the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. But like... When you write a record and you put it out there, it's like a business. You have your product, and now you have to push it. I have to go sell it, and I have to meet customers. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the middle of that process right now with this record. And not that we're not being super creative and enjoying what we're doing, but if you want to tour, that's just kind of how you have to, to do it these days. It's all very much self-made. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Talk to me. How do you balance the two gigs? We just know our schedules way in advance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you if you know anything about Zepparella, we have Gretchen Men, for instance. She's the guitar player, and she's very busy. She just did the Andy McKee camp this weekend. She's, so she's doing a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And basically, it works out when we give our booking agent two weekends that we can go out with Zepparella, and then we have two weekends free that we can do our other things. 
And so Dead Groove has chosen one of those weekends with everyone else's schedules to do Dead Groove. So I do two weekends of Zapparella, one weekend of Dead Groove, and another weekend of whatever else <laughs> comes up. That sounds fun. That's good. Yeah. You, you get to make music and you get to travel. Yeah, and use different muscles, right? Different musical muscles. Very nice. So tell me the album again, and where can people find it? Dead Groove is a self-titled record. So Dead Groove, and we have it on our website, on our clothing website, actually. You can go to either website and find the link, but deadgrooveband.com or deadgrooveclothing.com. And we have pre-sales for vinyls out right now. Our vinyls will be here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll be shipping them out hopefully first or second week of September. Okay. Have CD and vinyl, and then you can get them. You can get listen to the music anywhere that you stream. Just Dead Groove Band. And then mm-hmm. you can catch on all of our socials at Dead Groove Band. So who are your influences, Holly? Our influences are like Clutch, Rival Sons, Deep Purple. Black Sabbath, very like hard rock, stoner rock kind of board. Yeah, you get ACDC. Okay. So what haven't you done creatively that you still want to do? What's on the bucket list that you haven't got to do yet that that will be on the list you want to do? I want to do another solo record, but or probably an EP, but it's a like an acoustic one. I noticed on the website you have a couple of links for acoustic songs. Uh, yeah. Do, do you, is that just, a, as I talked about, just a different side of you creatively? Yeah. Singing and doing acoustic kind of helps pay bills too, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. It, it just, yeah. it, it really does come back to that. I had a bunch of musicians on during the pandemic and yeah. we talked about you make a, you make an EP, you make a CD, you get booked in local clubs, you play after it, you hope you sell enough CDs to get you a tank of gas to go to the next gig. And when there's not any shows because of a pandemic, how do you promote a new album? Crazy. It was crazy. Yes. What should I have asked you that I haven't, Holly? Um... Well, I guess I just want to point out that most of these shows for the North American tour, we will have Jeff Young, Megadeth, and Kings of Bash as our guitar player. He's in the backseat right now. Can you say hi? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so he's our special guest for the, these tours because Caesar isn't here yet. Going through paperwork to try to get him here. Legal, getting people here legally is hard. So- yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> so we're in the middle of that. So basically... If you go and buy a record, that's what also helps us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of it. We're, we're doing this tour and uh, Jeff's going to be with us most of it. So we're excited. That'll be that. exciting. All right. Those in the car, what should I have asked her that I haven't? I don't know. <laughs> that's Fred. This is Fred, the drummer. Uh, hey, Fred. How you doing? Great, by the way, that was great. <laughs> oh, thank was- you. I appreciate that. That's good. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with me in the car. Sure, this was very sure. kind. I want to thank your the, your the other members of the car because they're like, okay, I can't listen to music. I just got to <laughs> listen to this interview. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. I'm learning more about Holly than ever. <laughs> yeah, that is great. Four years. <laughs> yeah. You know, All right. Thank you. 
All right. So I end every podcast with what I call the Mary question. Jay Armstrong is was an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He's now retired. But when he was teaching, he would give Bruce Springsteen's song Thunder Road to his class. He would they would read the lyrics. They would listen to the song and they would discuss Bruce's lyrics. They talk about the imagery, the themes Bruce explores. And then they would ask at the end, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Holly, that was your homework. Knock on wood, you did it. And if so, does Mary get in the car in Thunder Road? I don't think so. Okay. Why? Um, Because it really just talks about him being like lusting after her, right? Yes. No, you're correct. So I, does she even know who he is? Does she even know him? I think that's a, I think that's open to the interpretation, yeah, think, you know? I think it was just like, a, like he's, I don't know, in my mind, I'm like, he saw her as like a waitress in a diner and he's like lusting over her and then she doesn't even realize that he's even there. That is a great answer. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good answer. Warren Zane was on earlier. He wrote a great book, Delivery Me From Nowhere, the making mm-hmm. of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. And he said that it's that he, the narrator never had the courage to talk to her. This is all in there his mind. Yeah, right? that's a, like that's he's how just, felt, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's very similar. All right. Awesome. Tell us again where we can find your music and how to reach you if we need to. Deadgrooveband.com or I'm on hollywestmusic.com, but all of my current music is on deadgrooveband.com. All right. Hey, listeners, go check out the music. Go check out, buy a CD, help get their guitarist in the country (laughs) and go check it out. Let them know that you heard about them and set Lusting Bruce. Holly, thank you for your time. That was very sweet of you to call me from the car. (laughs) This is a first for me. I feel important. Thank you guys so much. Travel safe. Be okay. careful. Yes, let's stay in touch and I'll have to see you at trees. That'll be yes, a lot come of fun. To trees, please, please. Yes. Awesome. All right. Listeners, go check out the music. Be safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. And All we're right. out. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. You just heard the fun talking. Hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 